<laughs> right, here we are. Here we are. Another one of these uh, live broadcasts, and today we've got uh, Jim Wool with us. How's it, Jim? Hello from Miami. How's it going, Paul? Good. Before we get into anything, I just want to give some time to populate the page, uh, to populate the feed. Let's uh, people get the, the notification, and in the meantime, let's share this to our profiles. Yeah, okay, so I'm on the page here. So I'm going to look for it on my profile as well and see if I can share it across. All these, there it is. Ah, oh, it ran away. I'm on your page, but... Yeah, there it is. Share it across. Let's share this to our profiles. Oops, yeah, okay, so I'm on the page here. Where's that feedback coming from? <laughs> so it came up on my phone instead of on my computer. Yeah, that's right. And then just share it on your computer, on your phone. It's all good. Okay. Um, oh, I've got to do it on my phone as well. That's a bit of a bummer. But I'm going to put it up on my thing so I can see. We've got five people watching so far. Bonnie Murphy. Hi, Bonnie. Thank you for coming. We're just waiting for a few others, and then we'll get started as soon as possible. And uh, if you like this, uh, what we've been doing, and you're interested, and you think there's people out there that might like it too, please, please share the share the, the feed to your profile and uh, tag people to come and join and see if they're interested. Um, the more, the merrier. At the end of the day. We also have the ability to bring someone else into the conversation at any point. So if you do want to get on screen with us and have a chat, then that's also available. All you got to do is drop a comment and let us know that that's what you want to do. So whilst I've uh, got six people on now, uh, whoever's there, just drop a drop a drop a drop a drop a comment and tell us where you're watching from and. Uh, Say hi so that we can see you and that we know you there and can see where you're coming from just for interest sake. And the other people in the comments will be able to see where you're coming from and we have a bit of a community thing going on. Uh, hey, Bonnie. I see a Bonnie Murphy there. Yeah. So now I'm sharing. Oops. Yeah. Okay. So I'm on the page here. Where's that feedback coming from? <laughs> it came up on my phone. What happened? Yeah. Are you? Yeah, that's right. Then, then just share it on your phone. Right. <laughs> um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to share this. Why is it? I just shared it and then turned my volume volume all, all the way down and put my phone on the other side of the room. Yeah, I just don't know how to. It's not working to share it. <laughs> okay, there we go. So we're there. Oh, we got uh, Bonnie, Charles, and Teddy. Hey, Teddy, how's it going? Um, that's cool. Sweet. South Africa, cool. Hey, Charles. So, yeah, Charlie hadn't come to me when you when you uh, visited yet. Charles came the, the following year and was my intern for six months. And, oh, nice. Yeah, we had a, a really good time on the river there. Anyway. Let's get started. As far as I can see, there's 13 people with us now. And um, yeah, that's a, a nice, good, good number. What is all this writing? <laughs> What's that? There's all sorts of writing going on 
on the screen of the oh it's it's subtitles how's this thing giving me subtitles <laughs> I, I can't see them but and why is it only giving me subtitles it's not giving you subtitles anyway no all right i think is better than yours <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> well, we got Katila Serrano. Hi, guys. Nice to see you. Okay, let's carry on. Um, okay, so, Jim, tell us who you are. Okay, here we go. Hey, everybody. My name is Jim Wall, and uh, I'm originally from Chicago, um, but four years ago, I moved to Miami, which uh, actually felt like moving to a different country because... If you've ever been to Miami, it feels like you're in Latin America. So it's a really fun, culturally diverse city. Um, so I really like it here. I also am a very avid traveler. That's how I met Paul, actually. Paul, right over there. I was practicing to make sure I pointed in the right direction. <laughs> um, I love to travel. I've been fortunate enough to travel to 42 countries on five different continents. But my goal is 100. I don't know if I could hit them all, but I think 100 is a good goal for me. Yeah, so what's that that is a good goal yeah I'm, I'm going for it so i got some time uh hopefully hopefully i could start flying again soon but uh, a little bit more about me i've worked in corporate america for eight years a desk job but my passion was always taking a flight somewhere new and unfamiliar and meeting people that just had different worldviews and different ideas and different perspectives than me so uh, after thinking about it for so many years, I finally decided to take the entrepreneurial leap, which I did uh, just two months ago. And uh, so it's been really exciting for me. And uh, yeah, just just trying out this new entrepreneurial world and uh, planning, planning when I can travel again. And I'm also uh, working on uh, an online course, which I can talk about a little bit later. So what was the job you were doing? I was working uh, for a healthcare consulting company doing data analytics. So essentially, uh, I helped major U.S. corporations look at the healthcare of their employees and see what kind of conditions were most prevalent, like if people had diabetes or lower back pain. Uh, I'd help them identify what conditions their employees have and then look for ways to help them. So implement, you know, discounts for you know, going to the clinic or awareness, having awareness seminars, things like that. So it was a rewarding job because uh, I was helping people, but uh, I just knew it wasn't what I wanted to do long term. So uh, it was eight great years, but uh, time it was time for me to move on. I see. Um, that's, yeah, what you were helping people. So that's good. <laughs> Amazing. So where did you go to next? So, man, that's 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 a short question that kind of has a long answer. But I, I see. Uh, what's that? Set you up for that? Yeah, it's man. So I knew that I wasn't meant to sit at a desk job forever. And and for some people, they love it. They love the the predictability or the comfort of it. So I'm not bashing that at all. But for me personally, like I felt most alive when I was traveling. I felt most alive when I was talking to people different from me. I felt most alive when I was talking about just like what, what the meaning of life is. I know that sounds so philosophical, but like 
what I realized was like, I just started paying more attention to when I felt good, when I felt the most energetic, when I felt the most like kid-like excitement. And that unfortunately wasn't what I felt when I came into work to sit down on my laptop each morning with my coffee. <laughs> so, so it really, it started from self-awareness, just paying attention to Jim, like, do you want to do this for the next 30 years or do you want to do something else? And for the longest time I told myself, okay, I know this isn't for meant for me, but I'm not going to leave until I know what to leave for. I'm not going to leave till I feel ready, you know? And that was kind of, uh, I had to grow out of that thinking because the truth was like thinking that I would leave this career when I was ready was preventing me from ever leaving it. I yeah. thought that for three years, like I'll leave when I, when I figure out my passion, I'll leave when I have ultimate clarity on what my purpose in life is. But the old, uh, the old time is right paradox. The time is never right. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. And, and, you know, you could have told me that, but it was one of those things that I just had to learn myself, you know? And I finally got to the point where I was like, you know what? I need to leave before I'm ready. Even if I don't know what I'm leaving for. And I got to a moment. It was my birthday last year, October 11th, 2019. And I was at a seminar and I was just thinking to myself, I gotta, I gotta go do something else. I don't know what it is yet, but I wrote myself a letter. I wrote myself a letter and I even wrote dear Jim, this is Jim. <laughs> it's your birthday. And I made a promise to myself. I said, you're going to leave your job, your career within a year, regardless of whether of what you know you're going to do or not. And that was terrifying because I knew as soon as I wrote that letter, I was, I had to do it because I believe that the most powerful thing we have is our word, especially mm -hmm. our word to ourself. So when I wrote that letter, everything changed. It was crazy. I just wrote this letter saying, Jim, you're going to leave no matter what. So, but what happened after that was all of a sudden it was like, I put on these glasses, like these lenses and they were like the see opportunities lenses. <laughs> and so suddenly I went from not knowing what to leave or what I was going to do to, Oh, that seems really cool. I might do that. Or that seems really fun. I might do that. And all these ideas started popping up and I just felt so much energy and passion and, and long, uh, long story short from that is, I set the goal 12 months out and that first felt really scary and it felt too soon. And a month after I wrote that letter to myself, it shifted from too soon to not soon enough. And I ended up quitting my job within six months. And so here I am building my own business. Uh, can't do my traveling right now, but uh, there's nothing that I have no doubt in my mind that that writing that letter to myself made all the made all the difference for, for me. So, so I'm, I'm an entrepreneur entrepreneur now. Uh, I'm building an online course which is uh, specifically designed for people that want to go through a change in their life. Because uh, I recognize like the journey that I have been on and have been on in the past, so many people can relate to that. I think there's a lot of people out there that are working a job or are in circles of friends or in some circumstance where they feel like they're meant for more, mm. uh, but they don't know what it is and they feel kind of stuck.
And I thought, you know what? It's all well and good if I go on this journey myself, um, but it's even more powerful if I reach a hand back and I help some other people go on their version of what that story looks like, their version of self-discovery, finding their passions, finding their purpose, um, you know, going through challenges along the way. So I'm building a course to help people with that. I'm doing coaching with that. And uh, so it just feels good. Uh, I'm still figuring things out. You know, life is, uh, there's no perfect vision for me, but it just feels really, really good. A lot better than I felt <laughs> for the for the last couple of years. So from a practical point of view, how are you surviving at the moment? Because a lot of people will have that, that situation where they say they'd love to do all that sort of things, but how are they going to pay the bills? How are they going to put the roof over their head? How are they going to... Um, continue to eat whilst chasing the dream? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think it's a, it's a question I had myself too. Uh, the, the, the simple version, the simple answer is like, you got to save money, of course, right? Um, but what I realized with, with saving money, I know like, I know what it feels like to live paycheck to paycheck, you know, and to, and to struggle in that way. So I have a lot of empathy and understanding for what that feels like. Um, but what, one thing I learned about saving money is that if you're saving money for the sake of saving money, it doesn't feel, it feels like a sacrifice. It feels like you're giving up money you could have spent on a, you know, a nice meal or you're giving up money you could have spent on something you really wanted. But when you're saving for something specifically, it totally changes. So like, you know, uh, for example, I, I did, I wanted to buy a nice pair of shoes, uh, cause I, I had all the reasons that I needed them. <laughs> uh, and I told myself, you know what, I'm not going to buy them, but it didn't feel like I was sacrificing. Cause I was like, I'm not going to buy them because this is going into my freedom fund. This is going into my future fund. This, I am not going to have these shoes but that's going to put me this much closer to living a life on my terms. And that's so a simple trick that I, a simple shift I had was don't just save money to save money, save money for a reason. And, and it becomes a little bit more manageable. And the other thing too, is um, I had to take a hard look at what I was spending money on. Some things that I thought were necessities, they really weren't, um, you know, uh, just, subscriptions to things like uh i never had netflix but just subscription like whatever i looked at my recurring bills i looked at uh i stopped going out as much and again it was like i i was doing it for a reason i wasn't giving up on life opportunities i felt like i was putting gas into the tank of my of my you know vehicle that was going to take me to my future life so uh I'm not so much a tactical, like, I don't, I would rather give people mindset thoughts about saving money versus tactical thoughts about saving money. You can find tactics on how to save money and, you know, things like that all over the internet. But for me, just as important as how to do that is the mindset around it. Like when you, when you save for a reason, it's not a sacrifice. Mm. It's actually you're paying, you're paying into your dreams and you're, you're getting closer to them with doing that. Yeah. Well, changing the mindset is always the, the first step anyway. So 
they might yeah. have a thousand practical solutions, but unless the person really, really has the right mindset, uh, galvanize their brain into that wanting to do that in the first place, it's not going to happen. It's like that. Uh, I wrote a post a few weeks ago about um, the whole, the old adage of um, you can't lead a horse to water. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And people forget that the 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 point is you got to make the, the horse thirsty, otherwise it's not going to drink anyway. So. Yeah, changing your mindset is about making yourself thirsty enough to have the drink. So I think, yeah, the mindset stuff is much more interesting to me than the practical solutions as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and honestly, you know, for people that feel like money is a big detriment, maybe for people that feel like you know their dreams are going to cost a lot of money or that their financial circumstances is tough. I would challenge you to think that as as a as your advantage. Uh, uh, there's somebody I really look up to, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. And 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 he said something I'll never forget. He said it's hard to be it's hard to be hungry when you're really really well fed. Mm. And of course, he's not talking about food. But what he's like, he's an immigrant to the move to the United States from the USSR, and very humble beginnings. And his story is like the story of so many immigrants that come to the u.s where they don't they're, they're starting fresh you know even if they were wealthy wherever they came from they had to start from scratch in the u.s and that gave them so much ambition and hunger and like you know gary v is very successful now mm -hmm. um i'll never forget what he said if, if it's hard to be hungry when you're really really well fed another another thing i heard was like if you have a nice comfortable salary uh you might not be so driven you might feel just kind of settled in and, and that was me for a while you know i was i had good benefits and all health insurance and all that but it wasn't like i didn't feel galvanized you know so uh on the topic of mindset don't think that i don't want anybody to think that how much money you have in the bank right now is going to hurt you um because you know sometimes it's the people that come from the most humble places uh, that that reached the furthest. There's so many stories of, you know, immigrants in the U.S. that just crush it. You know, they're some of the most successful business people. And by the same token, there's nothing wrong with having a decent salary and a comfortable living and uh, yeah. a stable lifestyle. I mean, it all depends on what you want at the end of the day. There's no right or wrong on the situation. Right. Uh, but if you're in that position and you're not feeling fulfilled, well, then it's something telling you that you should probably adjust. If you're in, if you're if you're in an entrepreneurial situation and you're not feeling fulfilled and security will fulfill you, then by all means go for that. There's no, um, there's a, there's, there's been a bit of a, a romantic approach to entrepreneurialism in the last 15 years or so where yeah. everyone thinks that it's the cool thing to be and should be, but it, it's, it's really just another channel. It's not the right yeah. way. way. And I, I, I know you agree with that. I'm just wanted to clarify. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you pointed that out too. Um, yeah, it's 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 become kind of this popular thing. But uh, most of my best friends, they're they're they work for companies and they have salaries and they're and they're so happy. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's back to self awareness. Like, what do you really want? You know, not chasing, not chasing what you think you should be doing, but just getting honest with yourself. Yeah, and and I think that's where it all starts. For sure yeah let's have a quick uh 
Shout out to whoever's watching. I see we have Shane White. Shane White from Vic Falls. Hi, Shane. Thank you for coming. Bridget Akoli. Hey, Bridge. She's in Bulawayo. Annette in uh, Netherlands. Nice to see you, Annette. Irene is also in Vic Falls. Uh, Kim Stewart. Cyan Summers is in South Africa. I haven't seen Cyan for years. It's so nice to see you there. Kelly Coventry, Vic Falls. Longani Huni is Bulawayo, I think. Uh, Nicola Shivani. Oh, Shivani is in the States. Hi, Shivani. What what part of the States are you in, Shivani? Because uh, Jim is in Florida. And That's right. Oh, there's my cousin watching from South Africa. Very cool. Wow. How many countries do we have on this call? Like five or six? Well, I, I I did put a comment on to say please say hi and let us know where you're from. And uh, only one person wrote that they're from South Africa. And that's Charles. <laughs> so if you guys are hearing this, comment below and put where you're from. And you know, because I might have got you wrong as well. A lot of you I do know, but there's always some someone out there that I don't know or might uh, might not have had contact for a while. Ah, yeah, nice. in Philly. Cool. Nice. I haven't been to Philadelphia yet, but I would love to go. Me neither. <laughs> I know Philadelphia is uh, one of my idols is Will Smith. And of course, everybody knows he's from Philadelphia. So <laughs> I know the whole song. <laughs> uh, here's Val Chikali. Hi, Val. Nice to see you there. Val's always hey, been extremely supportive of everything I've done, and it's uh, greatly appreciated. I wanted to say as well, those who have uh, tuned in and who have tuned in before and those who have supported my my posts and what I've been doing over the last few years, I really appreciate it. And um, I mean, it would be uh, it would be blowing into the wind if we didn't have feedback and, and uh, it didn't make any difference at the end of the day. So the fact that you uh, engage and enjoy what we do is entirely the whole point, really. So thank you very much. We very much appreciate that um so talk to me about building positive habits oh boy that's a good one okay so <laughs> i read the book like i wish i started reading earlier in my life but uh you know it is what it is one of my favorite books is called the compound effect and the compound effect is all about establishing positive habits establishing um the the author calls them uh, habits. Uh, another person I really look up to is Tony Robbins. He calls them rituals. Mm. And what I, oh gosh, I learned something really powerful about rituals. And that's that consistency is so much more important than intensity. Mm. And so like, let's just take exercise for an example. Um, exercise, it's more important to do shorter workouts, you know, consistently than to do like a crazy, like, you know, crazy, awesome, crazy workout for two or three hours once a week. Um, consistently. That's me hiding in shame because that's. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were, you were doing crazy like five days a week, weren't you? You were a machine. No, but the problem is, is I go crazy intense for a long period of time and then I completely yeah. fall off the wagon for a long period of time so it goes well and sometimes it can go well for nine months to a year and then suddenly it goes to shit for three months <laughs> yeah so, I, I have friends like that too where 
you know, leading up to somebody's wedding or leading up to the summer or leading up to, you know, a bachelor party or a holiday, whatever it is, like they get in great shape, you know, like these, I have friends, they like, they get in six pack abs and like super strong, you know, and working their butt off for six to eight weeks. And then they go on that holiday, they do the wedding, they do the trip. And then they're just like, then it's pina coladas and chicken wings and hamburgers. And then the, the workouts get forgotten. And then they kind of just gain it all back. And they're like, Jimbo, they always ask me, Jim, like, dude, why are you always in good shape? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and I tell them, I'm like, you guys, like, you, you got me beat with the intensity thing. But I'm like the slow and steady um, that wins the race, right? What is it? The, the tortoise and the hare. I'm, I'm a tortoise exercise guy where I can get intense, of course. I've, I've run one marathon in my life. But for me, the secret to uh, healthy habits when it comes to, like, exercise is just be consistent. Like, even if you, like, if you want to take a day off, if you do 15 minutes of yoga off YouTube, that's good. You just got to keep it going. That's right. Uh, so that's another thing I realized too is with all good habits. So um, I have a, a pretty good morning routine and it's focused on mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. So every morning I have physical exercise, um, be it running or yoga or weightlifting. Um, and then for my mind, I do reading. I read like a personal development book. Um, I could recommend tons of those. Uh, so just shoot me a message, shoot a message if you want any ideas. I think, um, I think in a, uh, near the end, well, you'll give us uh, your top five. Yes, I will do that. I'll write that. Um, and, and then spiritual well-being. So I do positive incantations. I actually have a mission statement that I recite to myself every day. And I do meditating sometimes. I'm not the best meditator, but I... I say out loud my mission statement to myself every day so I don't forget what my life is about. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's how I hit the, the physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I realized that – I learned this when I was traveling, by the way. Um, I realized that you don't realize how much your positive habits help you mm. until you stop doing them. Absolutely. And I like for me diet. Diet is massive. So I, I get affected really badly when I eat badly. My mental state, my not just physically, like mentally, I go into a bad place if I don't eat right. And um, you don't know yeah. so much when you eat right, but eat wrong for one weekend and watch my life fall apart in day. Yeah, it's crazy. It it happens to all of us, man. Like for me, yeah, if I. If I miss one day exercising, it's not a problem. If I miss two days, it's usually not a problem either. But if I miss like three or four, uh, and this happened to me a lot when I was traveling, um, then I started to feel bad. Like my body wouldn't feel as energetic. And then my mind would be like, why don't I feel energetic? And then I'd be like, oh, because I didn't work out. And mm -hmm. then the guilt would set in. And I'd be like, Jim, like, come on, you're being so lazy. And then the guilt would make me feel bad and low energy and then I wouldn't feel motivated to work out. So it was kind of like this bad cycle that I was in, you know? So 
Um, that's why consistency is so important. It's, it's to me, it's more important than intensity. Um, and, and yeah, you, you appreciate your habits more when, when you walk, when you stop doing them and you're like, oh my gosh, I felt way better two weeks ago when I was in this good flow, you know? Uh, so I actually have this little metaphor that I use to explain it. Do you know those, um, you know, those merry-go-rounds where you push it, they, they go like, it's like flat and there's bars on it and you, and you, you run and you push it and then you jump on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's what your good habits are like. It takes effort to get them going. So you're pushing that thing around, you're running in a circle. Maybe some of your friends are sitting on there telling you to push faster, but you're pushing it. And when you jump on, you can enjoy the ride and you can take a break. But if you stay on for too long and you stop pushing, you stop exercising, you stop reading, you stop meditating, it will slow down. You lose momentum. Yeah. You lose momentum. And then what happens is when you start pushing again, it's really tough. It's really tough to get it going again because you lost your momentum. So now you got to push again. So isn't it easier to push that thing, jump on, you know, take a break, uh, take a day off or two days off, then get off and keep pushing it while it's already in, in motion. And that's exactly the way I see positive habits. You mm -hmm. can take a break for a day or two, but uh, you're making it hard on yourself if you take off too many days. So, yeah, I just think about that merry-go-round. If I want, if I don't want to go to the gym, I'm like, ah, oh, but I don't want my wheel to slow down. <laughs> so. but, but for someone like me as well, is that it? I it, junk food or not exercising or anything like that is like it's like cigarettes or drugs for me. Like if I eat one chocolate, I will fall off the wagon so hard that the next thing I know, I'm eyeball deep in Snickers bars and Haagen-Dazs. And next thing I know, I've put on five kilograms and my life's gone to shit. So I have to be very disciplined to yeah. make sure I don't even look at it or even go, oh, you know, one cheat day or one cheat meal because there's no one cheat day or one cheat meal with me. For me, that's like, ah, oh, just one cigarette. No, it's not happening. I got to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I still fall off the, band, off, off the wagon and I still, uh, everything still goes to shit. But the point is as well, I think that uh, people also need to understand is that you can't beat yourself up about it. You wake up today, start yeah. today as today, not as yesterday. If you fell off the wagon yesterday, you have a chance every single day to get back on. You got a chance every minute to get back on. So uh, a lot of <laughs> myself included, I would beat myself up about it and go, "Well, I stuffed it up anyway. Let me just do it today, tomorrow." And it's yeah. uh, Tuesday. Oh, I'll just start again on Monday, and then I've had a whole week of binging. And <laughs> it's um, it, <laughs> it's a yeah. slope for some of us. <laughs> Dude, I get it. It's, it, I love what you said about don't beat yourself up. Don't like, my goodness. I, I realize that, um, you know, every now and then I, I drink, you know, I've, I have too much to drink, you know, uh, not recently cause I can't go anywhere, <laughs> but you know, maybe like last year, um, I would drink too much. And then what would happen was the next day I'd be hungover, right? That's pretty normal. And then I would feel guilty that I drank too much. And yeah. I and I exercise, and then physically I would recover two days later, but the guilt hangover would last four days. Mm. I'd 
still be feeling bad and beating myself up about Jim, why did you drink? You wasted the next day. And, and, and so, you know, I don't know, like I had this negative self-talk that's, that's always there. There's always this little voice, you know? Um, so I think it's so important, like you said, to not beat yourself up, to recognize, to take back the control, like the past is the past. You can't control that, but you can control what you do now. That was how I got to that point, like in 2019, 2018, where I was really overweight for for normal. I mean, yeah. um, and um, it was literally a case of put on some weight, feeling bad about myself, eat the emotions, feel yeah. bad about myself, yeah. eat the emotions, feel bad about myself, feel like I'm too far in try to restart the merry-go-round and nobody's greased that merry-go-round's bearings in ages. Yeah. So the thing you want to go, gosh, woe is me, back into a spiral of self-pity and defeat yeah. and just spiraled all the way down. Before we continue, uh, yeah. I just want to go through some of the comments. Uh, oh. There's other people watching. Sam Bradford. Hey, Sam. I hope you're doing well, buddy. I uh, hope you're still crushing it in your kayak. That kid is a ridiculously good kayaker. It's so yeah. good. This is me off. He's so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Balls the size of watermelons. It's just really I don't know how I don't know how his boat doesn't sink with those things. Anyway. Hey, hey Haley. She's a the crazy chameleon lady in Harari, if if anybody uh, knows. Um, she said that's a great illustration of the merry-go-round. She liked that analogy. There's another analogy coming up in a minute for you that I'm going to ask Jim to explain. So you might like that too. Meredith Fishers from Big Falls, uh, very, very, her and her husband, always very kind to me. They've got a, a B and B in Big Falls. I is it five two nine Reynard Road? I can't remember. I'm sorry. Write it in the comments, Meredith. But uh, if you're going to Victoria Falls, stay with them. It's a beautiful place. They worked on it themselves after living in Australia for a while. It's an amazing place, and you need to stay there, and they will sort you out and look after you in Victoria Falls. Awesome. Gary Jones, lockdown and Easter was not a good mix. I think he's referring to the drinking. <laughs> it happens. Billy Taylor's there as well, and uh, I I stayed with Billy at her house just before moving to uh, the UK. Tico, Tico Mendoza. What's up, buddy? It's been a long time. He stayed with me as a him and his missus as couch surfers, maybe after you. But okay, uh, Mike Bryant. Ah, it's five two eight Victoria Falls, not five two nine. Thanks, Meredith. Sorry, I should have known. Um, and then uh, yeah, Mike Bryant. How's it going, my buddy? Uh, he is here in the UK. Mike is a military guy, and when I was looking at going into the military, he was quite very supportive of that, and we chatted quite a bit about it. And um, yeah, unfortunately, that didn't work out because apparently I'm allergic to wheat, and they don't like that in the army. So, um, but hey, no big deal. You adjust and move. You know, um, that's one of the big things that I learned in the last uh, couple of years. Is also uh, set goals to use those goals but if you don't achieve the goal there's still a lot of lessons on the way to the goal and a lot of purpose in it that military goal got me fit got me uh, focused from a really bad place in my life and even though the military goal didn't materialize it got me into a place where i'm in a really good place in all aspects right now so it was perfectly perfectly uh 
perfectly the outcome was perfect <laughs> anyway so that's uh that's the comments that we got there also guys if you've got any yeah mike bryan says adapt and overcome and that's it exactly right um, uh if you've got any questions or any input from what's been spoken about also just comment i keep on pointing over there because that's where my phone is with all the comments coming through so that's why i keep looking like that i'm not uh i'm not being add about it um yeah if you've got anything to say or want to add into the conversation please just comment and we'll take those comments and let you and you know carry on we've got about I don't know. I, I try not to take it for more than an hour. We've already been 36 minutes in. Wow. Time flies. It does, doesn't it? So, uh, yeah, we continue. So there's a certain analogy that we spoke about the other day, which I found fascinating in, 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 your, um, in, in regards to personal growth. And I was wondering if you'd just like to share that with everybody because I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll start by saying that um, – I like to use analogies to explain the world around me, either analogies that already exist or I just invent them myself. Um, because you know, do that quite a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah, just it, it helps me understand things, first of all, but it also helps me recall things that I know more easily because it's just a simple analogy that explains a somewhat more complex topic. Um, so the analogy that I have that I want to share with all of you, it's about how to, how to understand yourself and other people better. Um, I think that, um, I, I think most of you would probably agree that if, if understanding humans more effectively, uh, would probably help some areas in your life. Right. Uh, so, um, I thought of this analogy when I was on, on the beach in Cuba in last November, I went there for a week with, um, for the purpose of turning off the internet, just getting away from the internet and just like chilling. And I don't mean like I turn off my phone and then I, you know, message at night. I mean like no internet for seven days, which, which for me was, <laughs> was quite different. Um, and I was sitting on the beach and I was just thinking about life and I saw a little crab. And this just launched me into this like creative adventure in my mind. And I realized that humans are just like hermit crabs. We're all just a bunch of hermit crabs scuttling around. <laughs> now this is not meant to be an insult. I'll explain. So what hermit crabs do is they crawl along the bottom of the ocean. Uh, I'm doing visuals here because... <laughs> Just in case you don't know how hermit crabs move around, they go like this. Uh, they scuttle around and they consume nourishment, right? And over time, they grow. And the crab and the shell they're in are not one. The shell is actually, you know, not part of the crab. The crab finds the shell and moves in for a while. But when the crab grows too big for its shell, it gets tight. It gets uncomfortable and it has to go find another shell but the thing is when it leaves the shell it's vulnerable there's other creatures in the ocean that could eat it like an eel or an octopus or a shark whatever um i don't know what eat crabs other than humans but uh it's vulnerable and it has to go find another shell that's bigger and then it has more space to grow into 
Now, when I say humans are the same way, I mean that humans, we are the crab. And when we, and the nourishment that we consume that makes us grow is life experiences. Hmm. It's, it's knowledge, it's perspectives, it's, it's things that we learn through our life journey that help us grow. Um, and our shell, so, so the crab on the inside is us, it's our essence, it's our, it's our true identity. And the shell is our ego. And the ego's job is to protect us, right? Like the ego is the part of us that when we get insulted, the ego is that protective shell that says like, you know, uh, that makes you want to insult them back or it makes you want to defend yourself or it makes you want to explain yourself. Um, that's not the true us. That's just this millions of year old um, part of us that's developed to help us survive. You know, the ego is also the part of us that's like, the survival brain is a part of us that's like, look out for predators and look for what's could be dangerous in this situation. You know, it serves a purpose, but its purpose is not to make us happy. It's to make us survive. Mm. So when we, the true identity, when our true selves, when we grow through life experiences and knowledge, we get to a point where we have to grow and leave this current shell that we have or stay in the shell. And the thing is, growing is vulnerable. Mm. When you leave the protection of your, you can't learn if you're defending yourself, if you're being egotistical, right? You have to open up your mind. And that's what the vulnerable period is about. So, but that's scary. So some people are hesitant to leave their shell to go grow. Uh, and some people are just, uh, they'll find ways to numb the pain. Mm. So, um, you know, we, we're humans, right? Like we all, no, nobody's perfect. So sometimes when we're afraid to leave our shell and be vulnerable, we might numb the pain, the growing pains by through addictions, addictions to like eating or drinking or addictions to, uh, bad emotions, addictions to bad relationships, toxic relationships, um, you know, distractions. Probably the number one thing is we find ways to distract ourselves from the choices that we're making that we, the choices that we're making to not grow. Because at the end of the day, we all know what choices we're making. We all know that the things that we're doing are either helping us grow or they're kind of holding us back. Mm. And so we have to distract ourselves. So, but the beautiful thing is I want to get to the fun part, which is you have to go through that vulnerable phase and what you do to protect yourself when you go through changes in your life. And I'm talking about a new relationship. I'm talking about a new job, uh, you know, taking up a new skill. Like these are all things that we feel kind of vulnerable about. Like anything that you do is that's new, but exciting. Like that's what I'm talking about. And the way that you can set yourself up for success in this is to find other hermit crabs that value like growth to support you. You say to your friends or your peer group, hey guys, I'm going to go through a shell change. I'm going to feel vulnerable. It's going to be scary. Can you get my back? Mm. Can you make sure that I don't get hurt? Can you make sure that uh, a shark doesn't eat me <laughs> while I'm going through this change, right? So it's, it's like the saying, 
birds of a feather flock together. For me, it's uh, crab shell shifters flock together, <laughs> you know, and, and you look out for each other. And that's what it's all about. I know all of you know, have friends or family or somebody in your life who you could go to and just really open up about a change you want to make in your life. And they'll say, I got you, whatever it is. They won't judge you for it. They'll say, whatever you got to go for, like, I got your back. So this is how I understand myself and others. I understand that my shell is my ego. And, you know, sometimes ego has a, a negative connotation to it. But ego isn't bad. It just becomes a problem when we confuse ego for identity. Mm. Right? Like when we, when, we, when we get those confused, when the crab thinks that the shell is part of the crab, then the crab's got a problem, right? Because he can't grow. Mm. But when we recognize, ah, this is my ego talking, that negative self-talk that we were talking about with, you know, eating too much or missing a workout, that's the ego. That's not the real you. And it's not bad. I want to be clear about that. It's not bad. It's just doing the only things it knows, which is to try to protect you, right? So when we recognize the difference between who we really are, what our ego is, the shell, and we recognize that the vulnerability isn't the inconvenience of change. The vulnerability is necessary. Mm. And when you go through it, when you accept that, when you realize that vulnerability is the way, when you feel nervous before that speech, when you feel nervous asking that person out, when you feel nervous your first day at that new job or whatever it is, it doesn't feel wrong. You're like, wait, it's supposed to feel this way because I'm growing. And then you get to feel good about it. Then you turn that nervousness into a little bit of excitement. You turn that nervousness into a little bit of energy. And, and I get excited just, just thinking about it because at this point in my life, I'm outside of my shell. <laughs> I'm very vulnerable. I'm, I'm in this new economy, uh, you know, and I don't have a steady paycheck. You know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur out in the ocean, you know, but I have other crabs that are supporting me. That mm -hmm. I say, guys, Hey gals, I'm going through this. Can you get my back? So uh, that's that's kind of the basic explanation of, of how you are all hermit crabs. And I invite you to just think about in your life, like what that looks like, like translate the hermit crab language into what you're dealing with now. And if anybody have quest has questions about that, um, shoot a comment because I uh, would love to talk with somebody about it. Um, but yeah, that's that's one of my many analogies that I that I'm so excited about. It's great. Whilst we wait and check and see if anybody's got any comments them through, please. Um, but uh, I kind of found something that uh, I I think you should explain. I have a very embarrassing photo of you. <laughs> so when okay. when Jim stayed with uh, with me in Victoria Falls, he, uh, he approached me one day looking rather worse for wear and uh this is what he approached looking like <laughs> and i think he owes all of us an explanation as to what look I, he wasn't only just looking like that he was happy <laughs> smiling <laughs> <I'm trying to> <laughs> smile <laughs> oh my god but, uh, just what <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, yeah, I have to explain that. <laughs> okay, so um, so I stayed with 
with Paul at the end of 2016. He was uh, generously hosted me in his home. I'm putting and, it away. Uh, no. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> Even I don't care. Uh, it makes me the, the current me look more handsome by comparison. So, uh, so I, I was staying with Paul in, in one of his spare bedrooms, and uh, I think there, the window was open at night or something like that. Um, and I just felt some like bees or, or something or like an insect on my face when I was sleeping. And I like slapped my face I was like, oh, what was that? I don't know. And anyway, I had kind of a rest, uh, restless night and uh, I woke up in the morning and my face just felt really warm and like throbbing, you know, and I touched my face and it felt like I put my hand into a bag of warm marshmallows. It was just like mushy and I was like, oh my God, what's wrong? Like I could barely see out of my eye, <laughs> but I didn't have my phone with me. So I go and <laughs> like something's wrong. So I go and knock on the room of the door of Paul's room. <laughs> I'll never forget his face. I'm like, Paul, I think something happened in that face. And he goes, dude, what happened to your face? <laughs> Was I compassionate or did I just laugh in your face? I can't remember. Dude, I was looking for comfort and like, I was looking for you to be like, oh, I know exactly what that is. And we have the treatment for it, you know? Cause like you were a local. I was like, Paul's got this. It's going to be okay. And your response was, oh my God, what's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, and you're like, we don't have a pharmacy. Like we don't have Benadryl like we have a medicine man <laughs> maybe like he's like he's like Jim you're in the African bush man <laughs> like drink <that. laughs> well, I did wind you up a little bit oh my gosh but here's the fun here, here's the best part of that story other than Paul laughing at me after he was in shock was um people were looking at me like I was I mean I kind of looked like Shrek like a white Caucasian Shrek um so that was that was interesting, but we went on the whitewater rafting trip anyway, and so I found myself in the front of this raft, just like kind of having struggles, having trouble seeing out of my right eye, and like I'm like paddling down the river, and I'm just like I had this moment where I was like, "What am I doing? <laughs> like, well, I'm on a whitewater rafting. I can have fifty percent vision, and my face is engorged." And I thought, what a wild experience. I'll be telling this story someday. But fortunately, um, it went away. But I had this thought that day, like, what if it never goes back? <laughs> oh, geez. So to this day, we don't know what did it. I have, uh, and it's beyond me. I have no idea what happened. I, I never found any bites like a spider or whatever. If any um, Falls locals watching have any idea or have uh, ever experienced anything like this, let us know because I haven't got a clue what could have done that. I, yeah, I'd love to know. <laughs> so we got um, Val Chikali says, lovely analogy. I will never look at a hermit crab the same ever again. Uh, thank you, Jim. And then Charles uh, has quoted something from uh, Lawrence van der Post. The Bushmen mm -hmm. in the Kalahari Desert talk about the two hungers. There is the great hunger and there is the little hunger. The little hunger wants food for the belly, but the great hunger, the greatest hunger of all, is the hunger for meaning. There is ultimately only one thing that makes human beings deeply and profoundly bitter, and that is to have thrust upon them a life without meaning. There is nothing wrong in searching for happiness, but a, but a far more comfort to the soul is something greater than happiness or unhappiness, and that is meaning. 
because mm. trans, uh, transfigures all. Once what you are doing has for you meaning, it is irrelevant whether you're happy or unhappy, you're content. You're not alone in your spirit alone. This is very interesting because I also, my own little thing that uh, I tell people all the time is, um, I, I, when people, I ask them, I'm like, what do you want? You know, I ask a lot of people, what do you want? Because I talk to a lot of people about a lot of things. And uh, I always get the same boring thing. I just want to be happy. And I get so frustrated because I just want to go, for fuck's sakes, happiness is for kids. It's for children. It's not, that's not where things should be. If you want to be happy, then go and be a child. It's not going to be, it's not going to work. Because as far as I'm concerned, happiness is not the be end be all and end all happiness is transient it comes in tiny doses every now and again but it's fleeting it comes in and it fucks off excuse my language sorry guys <laughs> but I'm, I'm gonna be i'm gonna be uh, uh i'm gonna be real i'm not going to censor my my words i think you you deserve realness here <laughs> um and uh for me too, when you were talking about uh, growth and all the rest of it, and uh, I, I really resonated with that because for me, I, I, I look at it like this: uh, discomfort and suffering is 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 where it is where where it's at. Because from discomfort and suffering comes growth. You can't have growth without discomfort of some sort and some kind of sacrifice and suffering. But from growth comes fulfillment, and fulfillment is where it's at, not happiness. Fulfillment right. is long-term, it's, uh, it's all-encompassing, and it's, uh, it penetrates through the moments of sadness and, and happiness. It's the, it's the link that keeps you moving forward when things are down, when things are up, is finding the fulfillment and working towards the fulfillment of, of your purpose. Couldn't agree more. And, and I also, I love this quote, by the way. I'm, thank you, Charles, for posting that. It's, yeah, it's, happiness is fleeting you know we have so many human emotions and, and and we've evolved to have those emotions for a reason like we're not meant to just be happy 24 7. i i agree that we are meant to have a meaningful life 24 7. there's meaning in struggle there's meaning in pain and so if you seek to have a meaningful life it can't evade you like happiness can when you infuse your life with meaning in every moment like like one thing I always remind myself when I'm doing something tough is I'm, I think like, what meaning am I getting out of the struggle? What is worth struggling for? What is something that you like, what is something that you want to struggle for? And that's, yeah, I think it's a powerful way to, to approach life. Yeah, for an yeah. example on that, I mean, it's, this is, a, this is from my own personal experience. I mean, by the end of 20, 2018, well, by the, in 2018, I'd been living in Big Falls for a while, but essentially living the dream, living in a beautiful place on a beautiful river, getting to kayak whenever I feel like it, getting to go and play in the bush whenever I feel like it. But I was depressed. And then I got depressed about the fact that I was depressed while I was living the dream, you know, which was like, and the reason, and I couldn't figure it out. I was like, pull yourself together mate because yeah you know people would kill for what you have and are you sitting here moping around feeling sorry for yourself you know you need to get a grip and i realized that the reason was is that it was it was empty it was completely without purpose and i would go on the river without purpose go and do these things without any real purpose and only 
then I then I the, a massive lesson happened for me with the cyclone situation that happened in Zimbabwe and going off to help with the the, the cyclone. I spent on the Chimani Mani side. I spent five days with little sleep, little food, little water. Like the one day I ate one uh, one banana and I had five hundred mils of water between uh, five a.m. in the morning and two a.m. the next morning. Like that was, and I was. I was working hard <laughs> in, in hard conditions. So it wasn't like, uh, you know, you can just sit around and fast. It was tough. But, and I saw things that no one wants to see. I saw more destruction and mayhem and death than most people in one day than most people will see in an entire lifetime. And every single day I went to bed fulfilled. Not happy. I cried myself to sleep one or two of those nights and I had like really, really, really tough days. But I, I've never been so fulfilled in my entire life because there was actual, absolute purpose in what was happening and what was doing, and what I was doing at the time. So, it's that's, that's purpose, purpose and fulfillment transcends all. Yeah. So I think we're about to. It's three minutes to seven. We're almost hitting an hour. So I just want to wrap up with your five books. My five books. Wow. Okay. So um, I wish I could mention type these so that people didn't have to just, well, okay, I'll go through them anyway. One is um, Awaken the Giant Within. Okay, wait, I'll, I'll type them for you. Okay. Okay, Awaken the Giant Within. Just carry on talking yeah. about it. What's that? Talk about it while I type it. Uh, it's, a, it's a Tony Robbins book and, and it's basically, it's about unleashing your inner power. Like everything that you need in your life uh, anything you want to accomplish in your life, you already have inside what you need to accomplish it. So that's what that book is about and many other things. Uh, second one is The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And that's all about how your seemingly small little choices that you make every single day accumulate over a long period of time and create massive results in your life, just like compound interest does for, for your savings. Mm -hmm. um, Let's see. Number three, I would say Think and Grow Rich. Are these uh, in order of uh, importance, by the way? No, no. They're just, they're, I'm just listing them. Think and Grow Rich. Um, this is, I almost want to list two for this category, but Think and Grow Rich. Huh? Really good. Yeah, Napoleon Hill. Uh, it's about just mindset. And it's not like rich in the sense of like, you know, imagine having a billion dollars and then it's yours. It's it's really the mindset of of wealth in your life and abundance. Mm. Uh, gosh, that was that was such a good one. Um, no, what that's number three. Number four is Siddhartha um, by uh, Herman Hess. H e s s e Siddhartha. Uh, that is a short read, but a deep read. Um, that book is about. Again, it's about like finding inner strength and finding your understanding yourself uh, to to find your way in life. It's 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 such a good, simple but fun book. Uh, and five, gosh, what is number five? Um, I, I don't have a number five right now. Actually, it, it it's actually I could say the richest man in Babylon. Uh, that's, that's another, 
again, it sounds like it's talking about financial wealth, but it's really, it's financial wealth, but also just abundance in your life. Who's um, the author? Have one. What's that? Who's the author? Gosh, I'm forgetting. Um, but it'll be, yeah. I can go. There can't be many books called The Richest Man in Babylon. Not many, not many, I'm sure. I'm sure not. So um, just on yeah. that, I was not much of a reader, really. I mean, I, I've read, it's, it's actually a lie, I, I like reading, but but um, I did find it hard to find time to read. And yeah. um, what has changed my life completely is two apps. One of them is uh, Audible. Mm. Just for the fact that I don't have to read, I can now read, I can listen to books and you can listen to the books up to three times the speed. So you can speed it up so that the person's talking at three times the speed. So you can get through a book good and quick if you can, if you can listen fast enough. Um, and the second one is Blinkist. Do you know Blinkist? Yeah, yeah. So Blinkist is amazing because it takes all the good points of a book and compresses it down into a 15-minute read. So if you can't, um, if you can't, read the books because they're just too many just choose which <laughs> you're going to blink and which ones you're going to actually focus on um and yeah blinkist is a nice thing 15 minute read before bed 15 minute read on the toilet you know you get the and you get the important stuff going so i recommend yeah. it to anybody that's interested and with that yeah. i think we're going to wrap it up i don't think there's any more questions or any uh oh charles moffat says george s Clarkson. That's it. Yeah. Thank you, Charles. Thanks, Charles. So that's the, the, what is, which book was that? The Babylon one. The, yeah, that was The Richest Man in Babylon. The Richest Man in Babylon, George S. Clarkson. Hey, Moffat, you're quite a little uh, scholar there, mate. One other thing about the books, too, I would just say is don't just passively read them. If you want to really integrate the lessons and the wisdom from the book in your life, take action on them. Like save the page with good stuff, underline it if you want to do that or take notes and then like really apply it. Um, you know, in the same way, when you go to university, you go through the textbooks, you don't just read a textbook and put it down. You take actions, right? You do exercises, you do summarizations, whatever. So if you really want to soak it up, um, just take action with it. So uh, that's worked really well for me. So just wanted to add that to the book conversation. So the last comment from Val is, thank you for your book list. Thank you, Paul and Jim. Lots of food for thought. Audible is great. Good night. Good night, Val. Good night, everybody. And thank you all for watching and uh, getting involved. And it's been fun. Oh, before we go, next week, um, we have got Graham Simmons on the, on the show. And he's going to be talking to me. Graham is talking to me as the first official COVID-19 um, identified in Zimbabwe. He was patient zero. Um, him and I had a lot of uh, discussion over the course of when he became, uh, when he when he got back from England and actually flew back into to Zimbabwe. And um, and uh, him and I spoke just about every single day through the process of his um, diagnosis and uh, all the rest of it. So that should be a very interesting one. We're just going to be chatting about how he dealt with it, not only from a physical point of view, but from an emotional and psychological point of view, knowing that he's the first one identified. Um, and there's a bit of a story about him and I and uh, why we were so involved with each other over that period. So, um, yeah, same time next week, Wednesday, 7 p.m. CAT and 6 p.m. BST.
that's British summertime. Um, please uh, join us, and yeah, Graham will be there with us, and it should be a good one. But I'll advertise it again, and you guys should uh, should know when it's happening uh, if if I do my job properly. Jim, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for coming and chatting to us and uh, being such a valuable human being to this planet. Uh, we need more people like that, and we need more people that uh, encourage people's vulnerability and encourage people to be who they are and uh, not have to hide behind masks the whole time. Ironically, masks during COVID. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Well, thank you for having me, Paul. Uh, just love chatting with you. You've really awesome engagement from from all the people. So thank all of you for joining us. Um, if any of you have questions, by the way, can I can I drop my Instagram handle in the comments just to uh, please to uh, tell everybody where to find you, where to follow you, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Okay, so um, I can't type in there, but my my Instagram handle is uh, Mr. Wanderlust. So at uh, mr dot um, Follow me; I'll follow you back. And uh, if you have questions about anything we talked about, or you want to talk about any of those books, or want somebody to help you during a shell change i got you so uh oh there's a dot after the mr so mr dot wanderlust like uh oh sorry okay so it's at mr dot wanderlust but i would love to connect with all of you seriously so um so please like shoot me a message and i'll follow you and we'll keep in touch um but yeah again paul thank you so much man uh thanks for having me and uh hopefully we get to talk again soon Cool. Good night, everybody. Signing out from Miami.